I left my failing business that resulted in thousands of dollars of debt and almost killed my passion for entrepreneurship to set out on a journey to build a business I could enjoy doing the rest of my life. I went all in to learn a new skill and found myself in the world of funnel marketing. Now I get to talk to entrepreneurs who are creating mass movements and empowering others. I don't know how I'll do it yet, but I know I want to join them. Follow me on my journey as I speak with top entrepreneurs to learn the strategies they are using to build their movements and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Susan Leonardson, and this is Amplify Your Impact. Today I have Sam Groff, and she is a former teacher and corporate instructional designer. She's also an excellent course creator, and we haven't had a course creator on the show yet, so I'm really excited. She's got over 10 years of teaching experience at a high school level. She's really good at understanding how to do great in-person instruction, so she's really excellent at teaching people how to do things. Plus, her three years of corporate freelance instructional design work have taught Sam to communicate with nearly everyone. She enjoys turning complex information into digestible materials for the average person, and she has worked with multiple six- and seven-figure businesses to take their courses to the next level. So she's going to be really awesome today talking to us all about course creation, which I know so many of you are interested in. So Sam, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, Susan. It's great to talk to you. I didn't realize this could be at 9.30 at night when I originally signed up. So this is kind (laughs) of cool because I don't know what time you actually release these during the day, but it's awesome that you're doing it at night since I'm a mom and it's definitely after bedtime. The kids are sound asleep. Yeah, that is why I do it late at night because I've got three kids at home myself and like, you know what? Interviews need quiet. They need no interruptions and nighttime is when I can do them. So it's funny when I get people from the East Coast, they're like, why are these so late? I'm like, well, you must not have children. I'm on (laughs) the East Coast. (laughs) I am on the East Coast and I love it because the kids are in bed, but there's just like, I'm also not a night owl. So I'm like making sure I drank enough coffee today. (laughs) So Sam, tell us a little bit more about you. We know you're a mom. We know you're awesome at teaching. You're a former teacher. How did you go from being a, a teacher and being in the corporate world to becoming a freelancer and entrepreneur and to, and get to the business that you have now. Okay. So it's kind of a a long and arduous journey. So we're going to shorten that down to a couple sentences. Um, I left teaching because I gave uh, 180 other kids all the energy. And by the time I got home at night, I was burnt to a crisp. I taught um, state standardized test classes for social studies and American government. Um, here in Maryland, and it was very, very, you know, beautiful work. I enjoyed doing it. I loved all my students, but I had no energy left when I got home. So I transitioned to the corporate world after um, a very hard look at do I stay or do I go from teaching. Went to the corporate world to get laid off after six months because I was the last one in. Uh, the last one in, first one out. And that was a real rude awakening to what um, the corporate world does to you. And I didn't know that. So coming from a teaching background and then you know, just transitions into freelance work because I had to make it work because I had two kids at home. There was no option to not make it work. So my husband has been incredibly supportive through the process. And that took freelancing to the evolution of 
um, my own independent business, and then I joined my business partner um, to evolve into Omnibiz services, and now I'm here working on Omnibiz course creation as one branch of Omnibiz services. So, so when you were starting Omnibiz, what was like a big struggle that you had when you went through that process of transitioning from, okay, well, I got I have to out of necessity do freelance work, but then you made the decision to start your business. Was there a, a struggle in there that you, that you had to overcome? Yeah, actually it was a fear of doing it alone. Um, so when you're doing, when you're teaching, you know, it, everybody thinks teaching is such an isolating profession means you're alone in your classroom with, you know, your students, but it's really not, you know, especially at the high school level, you, you bank on the support of your other teachers. You know, it may not look like a very collaborative, community kind of experience, but it is very collaborative. Um, it's just maybe not the way you see that in a corporate meeting setting. And, you know, I missed that. I, I desperately missed that. And I needed to have someone to bounce ideas off of. And I wasn't finding that in like small networking groups. And then I found my business partner and we connected and that's how we evolved into Omnibiz services. We both were two small independent businesses, moms of kids, and wanted to grow a business and be successful. So that was that was it. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful. Even if you don't go as far as getting a business partner, mm-hmm. I think the lesson of learning that that you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. I mean, theoretically you can, but it's really hard. Yeah. And I think to a certain point, if you want to reach a certain level, you really can't do it alone. It's not possible. You don't have enough time, enough of yourself to give enough ideas to uh, bring into your business. Mm -hmm. So that's such an important lesson to learn as an entrepreneur is to like allow people to help Mm -hmm. you and collaborate. And that's interesting that, that that was one of the first things that you um, came across or the biggest thing as you started your business is you recognized like I need to have this collaboration mm-hmm. I need to have this community yeah I mean coming from the classroom it's definitely that was the immediate thing I I noticed like I was like oh my god I'm by myself in my office I don't have anybody to talk to I don't have anybody to ask I don't like I needed to bounce ideas off of because, you know, when you're working in instructional design and creating your courses, it's not a one size fits all ever. It's, it's, you need input. And, you know, sometimes just talking to your client, they don't, they don't have that background that you do. You need to sometimes have a team of people in, in building things where you can say, Hey, you know, I've got this idea, but I don't think it really meshes well. So do you have ideas? and and it all evolved into, you know, beautiful tapestry. I guess is the word of what I'm looking for. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, let's get into course creation mm-hmm. stuff. So, my first question for you is, who are courses right for? Well, that depends on what your goal with your course is. If you are talking about passive income and you want to just sit back and kick back, then I don't think they're for anybody. And that's just me being very blunt. I know that um, all the entre- um, entrepreneurs and gurus out there are like, hey, if you want to make a scalable business, it's going to have to be on the back of a course and that it, people can learn independently on their own. Yes, that is one facet of learning. 
there are inter and intrapersonal learners, which means you learn by yourself and you learn with people. But not everybody does that. And if you want to hit multiple intelligences and really hit more people, you need to have multiple offerings. So having that standalone course without coaching, without any group dynamic, that's that low level course that you're not, you're going to put information in, but the people have to do the work on their own, but it's not really passive. I mean, they have to be engaged with it. So that's where I get, I go on a tirade. <laughs> if you talk, if you get me on a good day, I will, I can keep it pretty short, but usually it's a couple hours of courses are not passive income. They're not. <laughs> Yeah, no, because there's, you have to, I mean, even if you have it set up like to be automatic, like they're evergreen, maybe your sales are automatic. Yeah. We're we're talking evergreen. If they're, if your sales are and them get, you know, getting into the course and taking the course, you still have all the elements of, okay, well, you got to constantly be marketing Mm -hmm. because you got to keep getting new people in there. You could set some of that up to be, um, you know, evergreen, Mm -hmm. but it still needs to get monitored. Mm -hmm. You still need to be coming up with, you know, campaigns, things change. And then, you know, some people, like you said, some people need help even through the automatic, like Mm -hmm. uh, do the work on their own. You're still going to be getting people that have questions or going to email you. So like there's, there's no really, there's not really a business model. I don't think actually around this area that you can like totally just step away from. You're always going to be needed in your business. So For people who want courses and want to generate courses, they're people who genuinely want to share what they know and how they know it. I am not the biggest Tony Robbins fan or Dean Graziosi fan, but they're both right in the sense that they are, they're advocating for a new style of learning outside of the general university style learning, because most of us can't afford a $40,000 a year tuition. That's crazy. I mean, you've got three kids. I have two. I don't know what the heck I would do with that. It's just mind boggling. Honestly, coming up with courses and generating courses and sharing courses, you have to be very passionate about what you're doing. You have to really care about helping someone. Because if you're just in it for the money, that really shows. And that, and that just, for me, that's where that piece is evident. And that's who I don't ever want to work. I don't want to work with somebody who's just an infant. I want to actually, I've worked in public school for a reason. I wanted to help people. And the same thing goes with courses. I want the courses that people are actually putting out to educate and not just be slapped together. <laughs> Crap. that People are making money yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Thing. So that, that kind of brings me to my next question. And we were talking about this a little bit before, um, what is the first thing? Okay. Someone decides, all right, I have this knowledge. I want to put it into a course. Like what's their first step that they should be doing? Well, that depends on how long they've been in business and how long they've been executing this task that they want to share or this information that they want to share. If they've only done it a handful of times, I recommend that they just keep doing it, doing it until it's on mental autopilot for them. But as they're learning to get on that mental autopilot, start taking notes about the process that they're wanting to teach someone else. Because if you don't know the steps by what you're trying to teach, you're going to end up sounding like a crazy ramble. I have some amazing clients who've made multiple six figures on their courses 
but they have hours upon hours upon hours of video content to the point it's painful. But they know their process, but they didn't ever stop to think, what is my process to be able to deliver it to someone else? So really refine what it is that you want to convey to someone. That's actually recently, I'm sure someone listening is going to know exactly who I'm talking about, but I heard someone say recently that like, you don't know, maybe it was Tony Robbins. I don't know. You don't actually know your, like, you're not an expert until you know how to teach Mm -hmm. it to someone. Yeah, that's actually most things. so true. (laughs) That's very, very true. And, you know, that's that process that most people don't get, you know. When you're in your business, you're doing it. You become so automatic. You don't think, okay, well, my friend Ellie loves to use this example. She's like, when you're learning to type, you forget where your home keys are once you do it. And then you're like, oh, wait, you want me to find what key? Oh, where is it? I have to literally refine the keys. Because you're just like, you know where your hands are going, but you don't think F is my pointer finger (laughs) on my left (laughs) hand. You know, it's just like, I know where F is. I can spell the word first and not even think about it. So it's that process. But, you know, really taking it to that level of in your business, when you can teach someone else how to come into your business and do it. So you've created a standard operating procedure. Again, there's that corporate language, but you've created your standard operating procedure that you know now somebody else can come in and replicate what you've been doing. That's when, and they can do it with ease. That's when you know that you really can teach that process to someone else. And I think that also brings up a point of like, if someone is trying to, make a business where they are able to step away from mm-hmm. it. Not completely. Cause I don't think that's really possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess they could hire people mm-hmm. to manage everything for them. Um, but you have to, that's like one of the things you have to do is you've got to be able to have this, um, the standard operating mm-hmm. procedures so that if you were to step away, someone else can step in mm-hmm. and know how to teach it to people also. Mm-hmm. So even a process like, yes, you know how to teach it to people, but could someone else step in and also be able to teach it based off of your procedure? Mm-hmm. And I think that's when you truly have a business that is like, okay, I can like go on a month vacation mm-hmm. and not worry about my business because it's good. We've got all this stuff in place. We've got all the pieces already moving and implemented. But you know, when you're creating courses, like you said, going back to that piece of where do you start? Having an idea is great. But having an idea that actually matters to the world and is replicatable or helpful, because if you talk to somebody who's going to do, say, crystal healing, that's not really something that they're going to be able to go and replicate with a thousand people in that specific way. Everybody's going to do their own little tweak on it. But you can convey the knowledge of Reiki and crystals and homeopathic and holistic health to someone else that then they can internalize the material and information. And it might not necessarily be a skill set that they're teaching. It might just be information that now you have to go and integrate into your own life. Yeah. So, okay. So 
your recommendation of course is to like, keep working with people, Mm -hmm. keep doing it, keep teaching people how to do it until you've got your process on Mm -hmm. autopilot. Mm -hmm. Like you know how to do it. So then the next step after that, so you've done that, what, what do they do? What's the next step? There's a variety of ways people can do it, but literally usually the the first method is people start creating their MVP or their minimum viable product. Um, so they try to create an, a sense of order to the exact process. How do you replicate that for someone else, giving valuable stories in interspersed, creating motivation and um, adding theory to the actual practicality. And then literally executing and getting at their beta of their course. So it sounds like a lot, sounds kind of convoluted, but realistically it's, you know, you're executing now on your step-by-step process and being able to deliver that to someone else in a relatable um, and impactful way. Yeah. I think this is good for people to hear because I see so many people trying to do the opposite of what we're talking about here. They go and they start making their videos and putting their materials together and start making this full on course. And they haven't even talked to anybody about it yet. (laughs) And they've just, I wouldn't say completely wasted their time, but they pretty much are wasting their time because they don't know if what they're making is even something that people want. And they don't even know like how much people are even willing to pay for it because they haven't talked to anyone. They just think, oh, I'm going to make this course. I'm going to put it out there and people are going to buy it. I was just reading a post today of someone that did that exact same thing. They wasted months putting this thing together and then no one bought it. It's like, well, you, so like what we're saying here, what Sam is saying is, you know, make sure you've got people that are already buying it from you, not in course format. They're already buying this information from you in some form And then, yeah, then when you've got this process in place, then create like you, what you said, the MVP, the minimum viable product is still not a full blown course. <laughs> it is just, and, and actually I say, so this is like when you start moving into the beta. That is your minimum like viable your product is that beta. Yep. Is your beta. Yeah. And your base, I mean, I don't know what you recommend, Sam, but I always recommend that people don't even have this in place until they've already sold the beta to people. And yeah. So, okay. We're on the same page. So you're literally building your course, the, the bare bones course after you've sold it to people. And that's the part where people are like, how can I sell it? If it's not even in in existence yet, it's like people will buy it. If you, (laughs) if you position it the right way and find people that actually want what you are trying to create. But that's that reason why I said know your process first. And that's key because when you know your process first, you're able to really outline it. So what I take my clients through when they're, um, when they're doing this and they just have an idea, we start with the process of you have an idea, start pitching that. Start your campaign, start getting interest, start rolling with do your do your marketing stuff. And I don't do that for people. I won't do that for people. I literally tell people there's tons of marketers out there that are doing a way better job of that than I am. And when I go to ever do that myself, I will actually just hire one of them to do it. (laughs) Stay in your lane. (laughs) I stay in my lane. I'm good at the educational side of it. And um, we work through actually taking it 
extracting their idea out of their brain and putting it onto paper in an outline format. And the reason why we do that is it creates a linear structure that they can then take and implement into their marketing very quickly, easily, and effectively. It shows the clients that they're looking to get exactly what they're going to get out of this course. And that's always that first step. If we have a client that already has a course or they're just starting with an idea. And that's always that first step as we take it and we funnel it down to a very boring, old school, simple outline because that that is actually harder than it may sound to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. Like, I mean, if you think about it, if you're creating a six, 12 month course, mm-hmm. and that's usually the shorter ones, uh, that's that's a lot of information and content that you have to create mm-hmm. and come up with. And so the outlines are of course, I mean, if you have the outline, then you already, I mean, you, that's when you can start marketing it to people mm-hmm. and start telling people about it. Because while you don't have the consumable content created, you have enough information to tell them what they're going to get out of it. That's awesome. Okay. So what else do we need to know about courses today, Sam? Okay. So <laughs> There's a few things that I just, I want everybody to know right now. If you have a course out there in existence, get your damn bonus material out of your course right now. Take it out, extract it, remove it. Don't let it sit in there. It is killing your metrics and statistics. If you need fast ROI to prove to yourself that you are doing really well in what you're doing and showing to your students and your learners, then get that stuff out of there. And the reason why is because If you have 40 hours of course content, and I say that in air quotes, 40 hours of (laughs) course content, but 20 of it is actually only the materials that you need your student to consume, you've now only given them a 50% mile marker. They will never see success and finish that course because they don't have to consume the bonus material to actually get what you want out of that course. Make it a separate entity, put it somewhere else on your LMS, which is your platform that you've picked, you know, is it Podia, Thinkific, whatever the heck you've decided to use, you know, or even if you're using it at the back end of your membership site or your website, whatever you've chosen is to get it out of your actual course. Because it's great to offer that, the psychology behind that, I can go on a whole long tirade about it. It's great for that marketing piece, but it's horrible when it comes to mathematic metrics for your success rates. So just so I'm understanding you correctly, and maybe someone else needs to have it uh, reiterated as well. Um, okay. So you're saying like, if people are, they have their course, mm-hmm. but in order for them to get the re okay, they have a course and their bonuses. Mm-hmm. And in order for someone to get the result that they're promising, they have to consume their course and the bonuses. And you're saying make the course, it's standalone thing. So they get the result with just the course. Mm-hmm. And then the bonuses are just extra. A bonus. They're literally They're bonuses. A bonus. <laughs> They're literally a bonus because once you plug those bonus materials in, if you have a good LMS platform, again, I can't stress you enough, it's learning management system. That's those, those platforms you hear about Kajabi, all of them, Kartra, whatever, teachable. Yeah. Um, they should have the ability to complete, like, check. Hey, you finished module one, lesson one. You finished module two, lesson two. 
you know, and they go through all of them in consecutive order and you see success. That's considered gamification in, you know, course creation world. It's a form of extrinsic motivation. Hey, you got your little award. Woohoo! You've completed all of one module. That in and of itself is a motivator. And if you are setting your students up for failure by putting that bonus material inside your course, you've literally, you screwed yourself and your students. Why would you do that? <laughs> I see what you're saying. So you're saying on the platforms where it's actually showing you like, you've got this amount completed, mm-hmm. like you're 80% of the way there. And it's like, well, I'm done, but the 20% left is all bonuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Because that's when you look at it, you see that average course out there is getting less than 11% completion rate. Part of that's because of shiny object syndrome and people are just going to buy stuff because they want to buy something and have it sit in their hard drive and just collect dust. But the other group of people that buy it and want to do it, they need those motivating factors to be able to see success. And if those bonus materials are integrated right in your course, you've shut them down before they even started. That's awesome to know. It's not something that's really on my radar. I typically um, work with people that have their courses set up in click funnels. Mm-hmm. And while we do get the check marks and stuff, mm-hmm. there's not a percentage. So that's why I was like, actually, there is understand. on your back end. Is there? there not is. See that? In your back end, there is. Okay, but not pressure. visible to the, the student. Nope. Yeah. But to you, yeah. and if you're looking as a course creator and a you know, a marketer and you're selling that course, if you're having less than 11% of success rate in completion, what the hell is going on with your course? Yeah, that's not good. No. So when we're sticking those bonuses right into that Mm -hmm. course and the membership and like the modules and everything, and they're just not getting to them. Okay. So I'm like really into this now because this is like tech stuff. This is what I do all the time. So I'm just trying to think, okay, well, how could we do it? So we could still have, I guess it would mess with it too much Mm -hmm. if we still had a module, like one that listed all of the bonuses to go somewhere else, but not actually putting the bonuses Mm -hmm. in there. Like they'd be in separate membership Mm -hmm. areas. Okay. All right, cool. I'm on the same page. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. And I really, I can't stress this enough. I, I love, you know, the idea of ClickFunnels and, and all of what Russell Brunson has put together. He's really amazing. He's made a great business. But ClickFunnels is not an LMS. It's a glorified Dropbox. I'm, I can't stress that to you enough. <laughs> it is a glorified Dropbox and file sharing service. It is not a true LMS. A true LMS has multiple facets to it. And here's, this is where I get on my soapbox. Okay, let's hear it. I want to hear it. So gamification is a common attribute to courses. And like you said, with what you saw is ClickFunnels is your checkmark. Well, that gives you a percentile ranking of where you've fallen in how much you've completed. That is an integral metric for the student to see. If they don't see it, they're like, well, where the hell am I in this mess of shenanigans? And and then they give up. So that's important. You know, those small wins say success. You've completed lesson one, module one, lesson four, module three, whatever. You know, those are important. And that's gamification, giving them the small victories, easy wins, and showing them their success. 
and you know, not just being able to click next to move on, <laughs> you know, yeah. really. I'm totally with you there. Really? Yeah. I mean, it. I've seen, I've seen, so like I, and I, okay. So two sides of that, I definitely, um, like there are, you know, just like we were talking about, like stay in your lane, like software companies should also stay in their lane. Yeah. And I definitely uh, support anyone who wants to go and have their course in something that's specifically for courses. That's like their platform. It's Mm -hmm. specifically made for that. Um, On the other hand, I have seen other people use ClickFunnels to uh, gamify. So I'm familiar with that. So it looks a little bit different Mm -hmm. because they are having to work around. There's a lot of work around you have to do. And so there's, you know, you can implement, and this is for anyone, anyone using any platforms, but you could implement like challenges. Like once you've completed this milestone, you get this and like you can implement anything into there. So that is, that is, um, interesting to know how the different ones work. So if you're someone that is interested in a course creator, definitely go check out you know, there's a lot of different ones, check them them out out and see which one's going to work best for you. And there's so many. And then the next aspect is really being able to collect student data. That is something that some people really shy away from. So that's really added asking for feedback throughout. It is crucial. And since you know, ClickFunnels, I hope you know that ClickFunnels doesn't really allow you to collect data. Like, question and answer. No, they kick you off. They say, go somewhere else. Go have a Facebook group somewhere else. (laughs) What in a real LMS platform, an LMS platform allows you to have those conversations on the platform. You want to keep them on the platform. You don't want them going elsewhere and trying to go to Facebook, find a group, and then all the Facebook algorithms are becoming a huge distractor of shiny object syndrome. Like, ooh, I saw that ad off here and away I go. So really having feedback and keeping your students on the same platform is crucial. And what I mean by feedback, yes, old school, boring, multiple choice questions are really good indicators of whether or not your students are actually paying attention and getting it. Another one is short answer and having somebody reading these for the love of God, don't just waste your students time and have them filling in garbage because are you reading this? You know, you're going to have some some clowns say that somewhere along the line because they want to know if you're really paying attention um, and, and monitor that, you know, because as you notice the feedback, you as a course creator can go in and say, hey, guys, module two sucked. I'm going to redo it and everybody that's in here is going to have free access to the new version because I want to make sure that your experience is your best experience. So really taking the time to integrate crucial feedback and conversations in the platform about the content is vital. So those are the other big things. That's what a real LMS platform can do. I hate to say, like, think old school Blackboard, boring college level online <laughs> courses where you don't really want to think about that you went through and struggled <laughs> through in the early 2000s. And you're like, oh, why did I do that? You know. They've come a long yeah. way. They look a lot more yeah. social and more conducive to interaction, but yeah, that's awesome. They're huge. Um, so is there one in particular that you would recommend above all others or does no. it depend? Because some of them have different features than others and it depends on what you're doing. It really does. I have, 
And that's why everybody's like, well, why aren't you an affiliate with any of these? Well, here's a reality. I don't want to be an affiliate with just one because I want the best course platform for my students. And they're not mine in that sense. They're my client's students because I have people that are really, really tech savvy and they're looking for platforms that are really heavy tech and easy to operate. They can do coding super well. Their clients will, that'll hire them are really tech savvy. So they don't need a really streamlined, minimalistic view. They can have slightly more cluttered yeah. space. You know, they're going to do well in like a thinkific because they're not going to need a whole lot of tech support. But somebody who really doesn't have strong tech skills, but really talk is talking about like highly sensitive information, like talk about CPA kind of people. Um, where they might have really, really personal conversations, you know, going with something like a learning stone that's, you know, EU accredited, and they have to meet the EU security codes and all those kind of things. It's a little bit more on the pricey side, but it gives you the level of security that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, versus Podia, like who's like super minimalistic, but they give you all the basics that you need. And they have a membership site to boot. So that's awesome. They're all over the place. So there's <laughs> lots of ones out there serving so lots many. of different needs. Yep. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. So was there anything else you were going to share? You started talking about getting your bonuses out of the actual course. Is there anything else that you wanted to share along those lines that people should really know that it drives you crazy that they don't? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that does, but that's, I think that's because <laughs> I'm, I'm a, former teacher. So like objectives are really crucial to me. Um, and so are um, conclusions or wrap ups or whatever you want to call it. Like in the classroom, they're boring. They're called like exit tickets. We they're boring. All, all <laughs> kids probably want to throw a piece of paper at me on that one. But there are things to like kind of review the concept. When you're making your courses, there's a couple things that really piss me off. And the big one for me is the gurus don't use terms correctly because they think they know education, but they don't. They know their they know marketing. All these people are freaking awesome marketers. No wonder why they make so much damn money. I'm very proud of all of them. Someday I'll get there. Not right now, but <laughs> I'll get there. But what they don't know is that by using the wrong terms, they confuse people. So module, when you hear the term module in course creation world, you have to think of it like a unit in of school. Like, you know, think about a year-long school class, and you're going to have unit one is going to be about the introduction to mankind. Woohoo! Prehistory. Let's cover that. You know, that would be a unit, and then that's broken down by lessons. When people start talking about lessons as modules, everybody gets all confuddled. They're like, week one, module one. You know, what the hell are you talking oh, about? Yeah. You don't use the terms correctly. So that's a big, easy one. Units of thought, like big concepts, are modules. And then you have independent, smaller lessons. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I didn't realize that people were getting that mixed up because to me, oh, it's yeah. like common sense too, but I guess that's, that's just me. Yeah. So obviously there's some people that needed a little bit of, of knowledge in that. Okay. Yeah. 
And then the next big thing is to really Oreo cookie your your courses, your individual lessons need to have the Oreo cookie method. You know, tell them what you're gonna tell them. So tell them what they're gonna learn. That's your objective. Tell them it, actually do the thing, show them if you're gonna do a screen share, do an auto animation or automation of some sort, show them something, be a talking head. I don't care how you deliver your method, but you know, and then tell them what you told them. So that's, that's one other thing. And then lastly, acknowledge that not everybody learns the same. And it's probably my biggest pet peeve, and it sounds really negative, but in the online space, so many people think everybody learns the same way. A talking head will convey my message and it will be fine. Or if I do some really awesome, cool video techniques, and it's going to make me millions. Reality check. Doesn't matter how fancy your video is. It doesn't matter how fancy your audio is or how awesome your animation is. If you're only showing people it in a visual way, they're not going to get it. Only the people who really learn that way are going to get it. You need to implement it in a multiple facet. So you need to give them text. You need to give them interactive activities. You need to make them think. You need to make them have conversations all around those same topics. I love that. That's a, such a great idea because I think there are people that take that, that uh, for lack of a better term, easy way out of like, oh, I'm just going to record this video and throw it up there. And that's how they're going to learn. But if you provide other materials, workbooks, worksheets, mm-hmm. um, your training video uh, typed out into text form. So people that can, they can digest, maybe they like to highlight and yep. write notes on the edges, you know, like reading a book. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's a really, really great tip to just go that extra step mm-hmm. and provide more resources, more, more types of materials for them to consume the material in. Love it. Yeah. And that's, that's where I would say that is my biggest thing that anybody should ever take away is that, you know, if you leave with nothing else, remember that you don't learn in just one way. You learn in so many different ways. And if all you're going to do is deliver content in a way that's comfortable for you because you're being a lazy ass, well, then you're being a lazy ass and you don't deserve to make bank. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, help people. (laughs) Maybe I'm just being a jerk when I say it that way. But really, if you're if you want to provide value, really take the time to really reach your your learner, your student where they are and stop just thinking about how comfortable you are and how fast you can get it out. But that's that, that's not your MVP. That's when you're doing your 2.0 version. So yeah, get, for sure. Get your MVP out the door. You know, that might be you being a talking head. It might be a couple, you know, PDFs here and there. That's your MVP. That's not your course air quotes. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's not yeah. that thought out piece. That's just, that comes later when you've gotten the feedback, you can spend more time on those materials because you know that they're going to be used and needed and then really polish it up and deliver it the best way that you can. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Sam, you have a free Facebook group, a free private Facebook group. Mm-hmm. 
And that is called Omnibiz Course Creation. That's the name of the group, right? Yes, I can ma'am. type that in if they wanted to search for it. Yep. We'll put a link in the show notes, but it's Omnibiz, O-M-N-I-B-I-Z, Course Creation. And in that group, Sam offers tips on how to amplify. We love that word here. <laughs> amplify what is working in your online course and fix what isn't. Um, she also helps the group also helps individuals who are looking to create a course from scratch um, and take things to the next level. Sam, why don't you tell us where can people find you um, if they want to come follow you and learn more about what you're doing? I am on LinkedIn predominantly. It's where I do a lot of my personal business. And I'm also obviously on Facebook, that's where the Facebook group is. We are expanding to other platforms. If you want to just research like any of the blogs and content that we put out, you can find us on Pinterest and YouTube um, for that kind of information. But really, if you want to talk to me and you want to connect, let's connect on LinkedIn. because That's where I find the most valuable information. It's where I'm connected to the most amount of instructional designers. And if I can't help you, I definitely want to point you in the direction of someone who can. Awesome. And on LinkedIn, you can go search Omnibiz services yep. omnibus All services right. on linkedin or you can find me which is samantha groff at you know and i'm there so cool all right sam do you have any other final thoughts you'd like to share really just i would appreciate you just thinking about your learner that's the big thing remember that they are the same place that you are when you started perfect that's that's, that's it. No more needs to be said. Nope. Sam, thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us today and teaching us so much gold on course creation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amplify Your Impact. If you're loving what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review to help others like you discover the show. Now, have you ever wished that you could have a funnel builder or funnel designer on demand at your call whenever you needed them? Well, I want to invite you to go check out profunneldesigns.com where you can get a funnel builder for your team for a flat monthly fee and get whatever you need done anytime you need it. If you have existing funnels that need some optimization and redesigning, if you need new funnels built, then we can get new funnels built for you. And if you are just needing someone to manage what you already have going, then we can help with that as well. So head on over to ProFunnelDesigns.com and check out what we can do for you.